Hello. This next episode of I Am Sunitra, how y'all doing? You're going to get to hear a great friend of mine. Her name is Renee Brown. She is a woman who I like to say wears many hats. Um, She's a writer. She's a community activist. She's a leader. And what I am most admire about her is she, one, always keeps it real. Two, loves being wisdom and blessing to her community. So you're going to hear about Renee Brown as well as her book series, The Big Rig Kids. Hope you check it out. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Hello, everybody. Um, I know it's been a minute, and I'm so excited to be back and interviewing. This is Sinitra. I am Sinitra, and you're listening to my podcast, How Y'all Doing? Um, In utter transparency, I have to say, because it's a part of not quitting. I had done this interview about two weeks ago now, and I didn't check my equipment first. And the interview did not record. And I was heartbroken. I was like, I was so, I beat myself up really bad. But on the other side of that, I shook it off. And here we are again. Um, Renee of Big Rick, Big Rick Kids is graciously speaking with me and giving me her time again, which I must honor. So Renee, please tell them a little bit about yourself and we'll go from there. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Sunitra, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here to speak with you this afternoon. Um, my name is Renee Brown. I'm the author and creator of the Big Red Kid book series. These series consist of the different things that our children are facing today in our communities. They are hired to speak about topics, but it's written in a light and soft way where children can't relate to them. And it's not just for kids. It's more of a family type thing because it provokes conversations in families. It really does. Um, I'm a witness to all of that. Uh, I didn't start off before, but this way, I want you to say at the beginning and now how your books can be found. So while we're talking, people can be looking for finding your books and where they can purchase them. My books can be purchased at www. T-H-E-B-I-G-R-I-G-K-I-D-S dot org. TheBigGreatKids.org. You will find them there, the books, the workbooks. You can purchase the books or you can um, purchase the set where you have the book and the workbook. All right, perfect. And one more time for the people in the back row, Big Rig Kids. It's the Big Rig Kids at dot org. The Big Rig Kids dot org. Perfect, perfect. So, um, let's see. Where do we begin? Because I love. I love you, and we've talked about that before. And I usually, I always try to make sure I tell people why I wanted to interview them, what intrigued me. Um, I love who you are. I love what you do for the community. Beyond Big Red Kids, people, uh, Renee does so much for the, so she does so many things quietly for the community. She doesn't do a whole lot 
everybody knows what she's doing. She comes up with the idea. She commits to that idea. She gets together resources. For example, um, the Mother's Day, where you actually made like a basket for the moms and I got to actually deliver some of those. I, I just thought that that, that was, was awesome. amazing. It was, it was really awesome because, so Mother's Day is a big thing and it's great, but there are mothers and grandmothers. That was the big part of yours out there. That was grandmothers. Yep. Grandmothers who don't get recognized. They have raised their kids and now they're raising their kids' kids. And it's hard. Um, and it doesn't come with a lot of thank you or anything like that. It's a lot of, you think, you know, I've raised my kids. I can be loose and fancy free. And now you're raising your kids. kids. So, yes. Why did you come up with the idea with grandmothers? Whew. How long do you have? We're going to make it short. <laughs> <laughs> we got time. We got time. We're ready this time. I came up with grandmothers because I was raised by my grandparents. And, um, you know, Grandma Polly, which is one of the main characters in the book, is modeled after my grandmother. And in today's time, just dealing with people in society and meeting people and helping people, there are so many grandmothers who are out there raising um, grandkids. And not only that, they're raising these grandkids. There is a lot that comes with it. During my time, when my grandmother was raising me, she had a husband, and they had the farm. So back during that time, things weren't quite as the way it is today. Um, what got my attention was I ran into this grandmother. She inherited four of her grandkids. Oh, my gosh. Okay. The oldest was 11 and the youngest was seven months old. This mom was actually going through um, dialysis and she was doing dialysis at home. And when she got those kids, those kids came from another state. And because those kids lived in another state, she could not get assistance for those kids from the state that she was living in. Really? I never yeah. thought about that process. Yes, yes, yes. And a lot of times we look at grandmothers as grandma back during my time. That's what people did back then. You know, a child, a, a, a young lady is young and just getting out of high school or whatever. I'm going to keep the baby and you go off to work. Right. But in today's time, there are so many different scenarios. Um, actually, Saturday, I was speaking with a young lady and she was telling me about a grandmother that just the grandmother is 73 years old. Oh God. The daughter was murdered. She inherited a set of twins who are seven years old. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a lot. That is so even the process of understanding, because there's a gap in generations. So there's things that I'm sure that 73-year-old is having to deal with from even like technology standpoint, from getting yeah. ready for school and things like that. It's yeah. 
it's a lot. Yes. You know, so it's like they're starting their lives all over again. Um, there's another grandmother here um, last, during the holidays. I sponsored that family through, you know, for the holidays. And she inherited three boys between the ages of seven and 13. Her daughter was murdered. And, you know, I keep saying the mother was murdered because we live in a society that will have you think that grandparents are raising these kids because the mom is on drugs or the mom is out there in the streets or the mom is just not with it. It's hard on these grandparents. Could you imagine living your life today and tonight you get a message that your daughter was just murdered and you have to take the kids? You have to come get them now. Or or they're going to social services. Yes. Yes, you have to come and get them now. And then, okay, I have these three kids who are young and at the same time I have to take care of them so now I can't even grieve my own child because my life has just been turned upside down where I'm starting all over again. And it's weird. I was thinking about the background of that because you are so right. A lot of people think, oh, the parent just ran off footloose and fancy free, but there are so many other scenarios of how you can end up in that situation yeah so i'm sorry that it, i just that is the one thing i think about it's like especially like with covid a lot yes. of children lost both parents to COVID. yes yes and i have read a bunch of different stories about that i mean you just can't imagine because you're also having to deal with a child who has experienced a serious trauma Yes. So it's not like you're getting you're getting this perfect child who has no emotional. There are a lot of things that have to take place in the raising of this child. Yes. Go ahead. I bring that back to your book. Your book has so many, so many rich, different characters that are real. Yes. And that was done with purpose. Because it's our community. We have a set of twins who's being raised by grandma. We have, which they are African-American. And like I said, I did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Their mom died during childbirth. Another, yep. Dad is in the military. So instead of him applying for a hardship, he stayed in because he know he has to take care of these children. So what he did was he gave Grandma Polly temporary custody. So now, you know, he has someone to help him where they're helping each other. But a lot of times it's not that way either. The grandparents just inherit the kids and that's it. Yeah. And like you said, with assistance and everything, it comes with its own challenges. Yeah. How to even get it. Yes, 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 yes. And we perish because of the lack of knowledge. And because we don't know how to get this stuff. And I'm going to use the word ignorant, but not in a a bad way. We're ignorant because we never had to deal with 
Exactly. Uh, my mom and I talked about that and we've gone back and forth because it's so ignorant is the best word to use. Ignorant meaning that you just don't know. It's uh-huh. not because you're not seeking the knowledge. It's because you just simply don't know that anything like that existed. Because there are so many resources out there that are not promoted. If right. I use that word, it's like somebody read the, the 23rd page of whatever document and found out that they could do X, Y, and Z. Right. You even know to go and research that out. Right. But if you never had a need for it, mm-hmm. then you don't have that desire to do it. It's just like with um, Maria. Maria is another character in the book. Maria Hispanic, but she has sickle cell anemia. A lot of people asked me why I created her that way. And again, I created it. I created her out of the ignorance of our community. You don't hear a whole lot about sickle cell on the TV. You don't hear a whole lot about sickle cell on the news. You don't hear it in the radio ads. You know, they'll promote Viagra and all this other stuff for men. You better say it. <laughs> you're going to be riding down the road and you'll hear all this stuff, but you don't hear a whole lot about sickle cell. So when I decided to create Maria as a character with sickle cell being Hispanic, I wanted to dispel the myth that only Black people have sickle cell. It's people of brown skin, black skin, color. It is so, because I can say I did not know that. I know I knew from us talking one time, but I didn't know that until you said it. Never even conceived of it. So with your, because one of the things about uh, the podcast that I do, I like breaking generational curses. And it's usually the generational curse of not following your dream. But we also have a lot of stereotypes. Yes. And that's the purpose. Yeah, we make those stereotypes facts. Oh, Black people have sickle cell. That's the only people that can get it. Boom. You heard it from somebody. You tell your kids that same fact. And we pass down this misinformation. Yes. Yes. And there is so much misinformation out there about so many things. Um, When I decided to create Naoki... Naoki is a foster child, mm-hmm. but Naoki is also Asian. Ah, okay. Why do you think I did that? Um, because I I, I don't know because it's weird. I always when I think of I think of adoption, the people always going overseas to adopt kids, but I've never really thought about an Asian person being in foster care. And it's just like you said, you they go with season adopt kids, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Asian people are humans just like us. True. And each race has their own turmoil, turmoils. Mm-hmm. We're so much alike. If we could get away from race, we'll realize that we have so many things in common. And what made me go with that um, label on her is because down by the men's shelter, I don't know if you've ever been there. We did a lot of feeding and stuff in that area. Mm -hmm. 
there's an Asian lady that lives in a tent. Really? She has a dog. She paints beautiful pictures. Okay. She never speaks a word. Naoki is a foster child. She's an artist. She loves to paint. And with the stereotypes that we see here in America, when we think of the Asians, we see the Chinese restaurants and different stuff like that. And we'll be like, oh, they always employ their own. They always take care of their own. They work together. They pull together. But they're human. Those are just the people that we've seen. We haven't met them all. Right. The same troubles we face, it's a human thing. It's not a race thing. Just because we don't know about it does not mean it doesn't happen. And think about what you said. They go overseas and they we go overseas and we adopt these Asian children. Who are we adopting them from? Right. Exactly. And you know, I never put that it's so interesting that I never really put that together. It's just, that was the, the thought in my head. And I agree, even with, I guess, as a culture, uh -huh. we just have so many misgivings about other cultures. And if we sat uh -huh. back and really looked at it beyond the skin and just on the actual the action and the character, we would probably, we would be a lot better. Because we have more in common than we don't. But we get so focused on the little stereotypes that we hold on to those things because it's been passed down from generation to generation. Exactly. You know, I'm going back to Maria for a minute. Maria has success, and I also created her with limited abilities. And I did that because she's the feisty one. Mm-hmm. She's one of these ones that will battle, you know, heaven and earth. And I did that to show our kids, regardless of what you're dealing with, know thyself. Because we all were born with a talent, regardless of what our situation is. Regardless of our limitations. I like yes. It. I'm going to go back a little bit because there's, there's okay. so <laughs> what yeah, I was gonna say, what actually got you motivated to do this book in this series? Oh my god. I was ignorant. <laughs> and I'm being honest, when I say ignorant, um my husband was in the military. We traveled for a while, we moved to Florida, then we moved to North Carolina, you know. So I would see these homeless people on the street. And I would just always say they're bums, they're drug addicts, they're this. I was working for a company out of Charlotte making decent dollars. They closed their doors and went overseas. So I decided my kids are grown. I'm going to truck driving school and I'm going to start driving trucks. I love it. I did that, but before I did that, I drew, I drew unemployment for two years because I couldn't find a job paying me what the other job was paying me. So I sat home, I took advantage of the system, and I milked it, mm -hmm. like most people do. But during that time, I was going through depression and everything else because I am a worker. 
Right. And once I got into truck driving school, that's a, that's a whole nother story, but we're going to bring it shorter. Um, I got into truck driving school. I got my license. I drove 90 days by myself before my husband got his because the trade act paid for mine because my job closed his doors. So I started working that we paid for his school. We started driving team. I love that. America is a beautiful country, but America has failed our people. I would run into homeless people <laughs> and places you would think, you know, this is California. Everybody talks about how glamorous California is, and that's the place you want to be in. And you start seeing all these homeless people. And I don't know what it was in me, but, you know, people would come up and ask, do you have an extra shower I could take at the truck um, stop? Or then I started seeing women with kids. Mm -hmm. Then I started seeing families. And I will tell anybody, don't be afraid of these people. If you start a conversation with them, these people are highly intelligent. Right. They are human. Life just got the best of them at that moment, and it can happen to any of us at any time. And it changed my heart, and it changed my mind, and I even found out a lot of them. If I had to give a number, I don't have the statistics, but if I had to give a number, I would say 90% of our homeless people are soldiers. Isn't that scary? Yep. I was, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just talking about that with somebody though. About they how they fought for our freedom. Mm -hmm. And this is what they came back to. And we have the nerve to look at them like they're scum. Yep. It's so, it's so much in that. Because, and when you had said two things, one, when you said you had milked the system, that is something that a worker bee would say because you're so used to work. Yes. And that, so it is really, sometimes, some, I believe you need that reset. I think people who milk the system are people who might try to manipulate the system. But I have to I believe that. Yeah, I believe you were right where you needed to be to get to where you are. And that's a big difference. It's funny so, you said that because the company that I got laid off from was making truck tires. <laughs> then I went into trucking. We drove trucks cross country for eight years. My husband still drives. And this is where the Big Red Kids was created from. So, yes, I, I, I agree that sometimes we go through hard times and it doesn't feel good going through it. Oh, no. But I also take it as God was setting me up for, for the seed that he had planted inside of me. Right. That's what, yeah. And the other thing you said about um, 
America failing its people. It's failed Americans. It's so, and I don't want to make a whole big deal or anything about this, but as you said, with the soldiers, yes. that is a subject that is never really, has been consistently talked about throughout my lifetime. Right. But has never been addressed properly. Right. You'll hear somebody say, oh, we're going to give X number of dollars to the VA. Okay, mm-hmm. that's fine. There are so many things that need to be set in place mm-hmm. for those to serve our country. It's almost, in my, and this is my thought, and this could be a total, oh, I don't know why it couldn't be a realistic thing. If you serve and you serve your time, you come out of the house in a car and education if you want that education. I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Not just coming out with, you know, some perks here, some perks there. I mean, here is your house. This is your house. The taxes are paid on it. This is where you can live. If you want to live somewhere different, some, you know, you want to sell this place, that's on you. But for serving our country, here's your house. Here's your car. Here is your therapy that you have to go through for the next two years because we know we've sent you someplace and you've seen some things that are horrific. Yes. I mean, so many of them come back. We're going somewhere else now, but so many of them come back damaged. Yes. Some of them are functional, but a whole lot of them are not. And and this is what we do for our soldiers. And, you know, that's my third book, um, Daddy's Home. Oh, yay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation because I'm going to go into Josh in a little bit, but I want to talk a little bit about Corey right now. Corey is a little blonde hair, blue eyed white kid. He's a skateboarder. He's a prankster. He's a, a pretty good kid. He fits in with the rest of them. But Corey's adopted. Mm. I did that on purpose too. Because we in society, the media will have you think, you know, all white families live in these big white houses with the white fence around the yard with the dog, the cat, and the children. Yeah. White children are Sometimes a product of being adopted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I love how intentional you are with each character. Because being that intentional automatically, just in reading, once you read about Corey, you're like, huh, I never thought about that. Nothing, you know, you didn't have to lead up to anything. It just is what it is. Same thing with Maria. Oh, okay. I never thought about that. You instantly are planting the seed of breaking a stereotype just by building a character. Mm-hmm. And even with the twins. Caden, which is the little brother to Sasha, they are twins. Caden is a reader and a leader. Mm-hmm. I've heard all my life you want to hide anything from a black man, put it in a book. Right. So here you are having a character. And I do want to stress, these books are for everybody. I love yes. the age range is 
from a reader to a hundred or plus, whenever you want to pick it up, because you're going to find value in it. It's going to be relatable, understandable, and it's going to make you think about stereotypes that you might have in your own mind. So, and I say that it's so weird because my brain just hit character. So all those, <laughs> these are characters. These are real examples. If mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Don't pick up the book and think, oh, Maria can't have sickle cell. That doesn't make sense. No, that's real. White children do get put up for adoption. White, blonde, blue-eyed children get put up for adoption. Uh, Black males do read. It's shining a light on things that actually happen. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I yeah, I could talk all day about it because I just, I'm impressed with the fact that one, you did it. There's a lot of people out there who have, heck, I'm one of those people who wanted to write a book, said I was going to write a book, never sat down and wrote a book. Um, so that in itself, but the things that you have tackled are outstanding. And like, yeah. more schools should rotate those into their reading. It's weird. We're in this place now, and I don't even know why we're here, about what we don't, the book burning phase. Yeah, I was talking about books that we don't want our children to read. Right. And it's like, have we not learned? One, when you tell a child or they get word that you don't want them to do it. Oh, yes. Yeah, that makes the interest even higher. Yes. I mean, (laughs) now I gotta know. Yes. What are they hiding? Right. What What they they don't want me to know, you know, and, um, that's the purpose of these characters. It's just like Sasha. Sasha is a young black girl with Afro puff braces and glasses. Mm-hmm. She's beautiful. All of them are That's beautiful. What I say. She's beautiful, yeah. But at the same time, she's a computer guru. Why? When you take your computer and stuff to get fixed, normally it's a guy. When we talk about our gamers, it's a guy. Yeah. So, yeah, all these characters were created to break stereotypes. And it's so it's weird. And this is not a political conversation, but it it brought back a memory. Um, Two things. One, I was explaining to somebody the importance of seeing a Black president. Yes. Because until you see it, it's inconceivable. Mm-hmm. And because they, we were, it was almost to them like, what, why is it a big deal? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to explain, especially because this person was white. And we weren't arguing. This is actually one of my really good friends, but it was just a conversation of why I, I need to understand that's important. And I said, because it's inconceivable. You don't have, you don't know of a planet that doesn't have a white president. Right. You don't know of an America that doesn't. So what it is in your eyes is the norm. Where when we see a black president, we're like, whoa, I, I can do this. This is mm-hmm. I see the blueprint. Mm-hmm. I see the blueprint. And- yes, and because I- what do we do? We tell our children you could be anything you want to be. As long as you work hard, you put in the time, and you do these things. 
if they never see it, how are they going to believe it? Exactly. From the Miss Americas to the astronauts to the, it's, it's, it's interesting. It just, I love, I love growing kids' minds beyond what they think. Um, I'm big on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to do the things that are believed to be blacks. It's great to play football. It's great to play basketball. Be a cheerleader, you know. But when I see you in lacrosse, and I hockey. see you hockey, when I see you golfing, golfing those things, and you don't under it's hard for to explain to people the depth of how important that is. But I never want any child to be limited by their color. This DJ came on, oh, this thing stuck in my head, and it was years ago, driving the car, DJ goes, um, he comes on and he says, my son um, plays soccer right now, and I told him that you can't play, after you turn nine, you need to get into football. The soccer is a white people's sport. Mm. And everybody was like, ha, ha, ha. And I was, I just, I was, I was floored. Floored that in whatever 2000 year that you would let that come out of your mouth into the universe <laughs> on a on a platform that you have like that. Even if it was a joke. And who's to say whether it was a joke or not? The, the issue became, there are people who were like, yeah, you write about that. No, you're not right about that. That is, you just, your child could be Pele, who was African, who was African, <laughs> and be oh, the best, no. and be the best soccer player ever. But you just told him he can't do something because he's black. You, a black man, looked at your black child and told your black child that they are limited by their color. I so 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 agree with you, and that's the purpose of these books because it presents a situation. They work together to come up with a solution. But I want to tap into what you just said about that guy in his site. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to drive a big truck. <laughs> My uncle drove a big truck for 50 years. And when I sat down with, and started writing the last book, you know, the um, how racism is a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. In the back of it, I have my family tree. And sitting down thinking about that, my dad's father, I remember he had, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but I'm going to tell you, he had two pulpwood trucks. Oh, what's that? These are logging trucks. Okay. They would take the trucks, these big trucks in the woods. They would have the saw and all this stuff out here cutting down these pine trees and stuff to sell to the paper mill to make paper. Okay. All I ever saw was men driving trucks. I want these people who like to go against the grain. You're not going to tell me that's for men only. Because if they could do it, I could learn it. Right. And it's so weird because, and I will say this as a as an image, because you guys don't know what Renee looks like or anything like that. 
it would be the last thing that I would ever guess that you did was drive an 18 wheeler. <laughs> and so I love that you did because now on that family tree, it's you who did that. Mm-hmm. And they could look at that and be like, I can, there's again, there's no doubt. And it could, it could be done. Mm-hmm. It, whereas, you know, there's still people who, there may be ladies out there who want to drive. I've actually seen more. I was telling my mom and she told me about a friend of hers who got their, um, their license. Mm-hmm. And I said, I've seen more women drivers um, on the big trucks. And I said, it's really, it's really cool to see. Because that comes with its own, that is a career where you can buy your truck. That is an entrepreneur mm-hmm. process that people probably don't even know. You don't, not just driving for somebody else. You can actually mm-hmm. create a career. You can get your own set of trucks, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. So that's a business that you can get into. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that industry is so huge. And I know you say you're starting to see more now. Yes, we're starting to see more drivers over the years. But there's only still less than 5% women. Oh, wow. It's a male-dominated industry. And I like to break the stereotypes, you know. And you still have truck drivers who feel that women shouldn't be driving trucks, this, that, or whatever. But then that's their problem, their opinion, and they get through it. Right. Um, when I create a Sapphire, when I say Sapphire, the truck, I made sure Sapphire was female. And I also made sure Sapphire had the ability to talk because when the kids feel like they can't go to an adult, this is who they talk to. She, along with Grandma Polly, is the voice of wisdom. They work together and the community. They allow these kids to make their decisions, but they also talk these kids and talk to these kids and help these kids reason through their decisions. Okay, you say you want to do this. Let's look at it. Why do we want to do it this way? Or why do we want to do it that way? But it's their idea. And they help grow it. And they, it, they're they not being shut down. And that's why I was saying about your book. It's also, it helps adults. It changes, oh, yeah. it changes your mind of just, if your child comes up to you with a problem, or any child, you know, one of your cousins or something, when they come to you with a issue, you actually take the time. It makes you want to take the time to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, you know, oh, I'm busy or, oh, and you might be, but, oh, I'm busy. Oh, I don't even know what you're talking about and blowing them off. Mm-hmm. It- oh, because. I'm this age and I did it this way. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Right. And that's another a great thing. Your book is multi-generational, multicultural, um, heck, economically, multi-economically, if that's a word. <laughs> they all, you bring all of them together. And you mm-hmm. hit community is one of my favorite words. 
because it's not just about where you live and everybody in that place agreeing. It's actually about the differences, but still being mm-hmm. able to unify. That is that is my community dream. Is it's the differences, but you still unify. Mm-hmm. You unify, and when you point out, you know that they uni- that they have their disagreements. Oh my God, yes, they do. But at the same time, these books encourage reading, comprehension, and community services because each story presents a situation. And by the time they get through whatever that situation is, they figure out how to come together and provide some services to whatever the problem is in their community. And the reason I did it that way, and don't y'all cancel me when I say this, <laughs> I tell, I, you know, I have this conversation a lot. A lot of times I, I'll hear people say, oh, we can't do this because the white man won't let us or Mm-hmm. This is going on in our community or if there is something bad happening in the community, everybody just shuts up, shut their door, and, and the conversation is never held again. We as a people, I don't care what color you are, we have to take responsibility for our communities and stop waiting for other people to come in and clean our communities up. It's the local action. And you and I had talked about that before. It's, I don't know if it comes over time, but I understand that more and more and more. I am less concerned about CNN. I'm less concerned about Fox. I am more concerned about my local community. Yes. Not, that isn't because I don't, you know, I don't believe in the, the whole of America or anything like that. It's because that's where resources start. That's where you start getting rid of guns. That's where you start teaching a community how to read. That's where you start prospering together. Mm-hmm. That's it, it. Right. So if you're trying to do it nationally or whatever, and you're caught up in those things, it's very hard where you are in your state. You get it. And I'm going to go a little political and I'm going to jump in and we're going to jump out because that's not really <laughs> what it's about. Come back out. Okay. That's but, but I look at it, you know, just even in our own communities, um, I would get out and knock on doors to get people to register, you know, offer people the opportunity to register to vote. And it breaks my heart when I run into some people when they go, oh, we don't vote in the local election. We only vote when it's time for president. Right. And I'm looking, I'm saying, okay, you want to deal with it on the national level. But don't you know it's your local officials right here that's running your community, running your town. Mm-hmm. And, and I can remember telling some guys, 
They told me that they couldn't register for certain reasons. And I says, but do you have family members who are eligible? I said, because those same judges that over-sentenced you, as you're telling me, Mm -hmm. are the same ones who are going to over-sentence your family. Yeah. When that guy said, we don't vote with judges, they go to college. Yeah, okay, okay. We perish for the lack of knowledge. We... We do, and we, and I don't mean just black people. I mean, the I'm talking about people, period. Oh, right. There, period. Were people, there were black and white folks that tell me that. They didn't have a right. race on Exactly. The community. The community. Struggles because of that, because we don't know how powerful we are. It's weird. Um, this is so the NBA is it? Yes. There is power yes. in that community. Yes. The WNBA does yes. not have as much power as the NBA. Right. Because they're women. Right. But there is power in community. Yes. Knowledge in community. You do not have to go to, I do, I don't like to go to a lot of debates. I don't like to hear people arguing. But right. on your own, find a way to learn. They did this one, and we're going to stay in politics for a minute. <laughs> they did this <laughs> one great thing where they had, um, I think I saw it on Facebook. You actually would put in, they said, what do you believe about, um, let's say, I don't know, adoption in the community? And you would, you would answer this questionnaire. After you answered the questionnaire, it showed you the people, the people that were running, who was uh-huh. in line with what you were, what your feelings or emotions or your, not your feelings, your, your values. Your beliefs, your values, your morals. Values, yeah. And so that person may have been a Democrat, one may have been a Republican, one may have been this. And I was like, why, why don't we do it that way? Because <laughs> this is, okay, so this is going to cross over into church. <laughs> I love talking to you. I <laughs> I learned this. I learned this year. I, they talk about how I was this days old. Mm-hmm. I was this days old when I learned that the church that I had been going to for twelve years was mm-hmm. not a gang. It was not a gang. I was not <laughs> affiliated with a gang. <laughs> and I say what I mean by that is that I wholeheartedly. I would look at other churches like. Mm, you're not my church. And, oh, that's nice. Look at y'all. God bless y'all. But you're not my church. My church is better. My church hug more. We do more. Um, then COVID came. Mm-hmm. And I dropped my gang affiliation because God said the church is local. The church is Charlotte. Mm-hmm. If you go to your Bible, you will see I said Philippi. That's a place. That's not a church. It's not First Baptist of Philippi. <laughs> so I say all that to say I think because we Democrats not a gang Republicans not a gang we actually when you go vote you can say I want to vote all Democrats do you know what all of those Democrats 
uh, what their values are? That, now see, you this is a whole another conversation we're gonna have to have another time. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, okay, that's all I'm gonna say. No, because oh. I'm getting ready to comment on that. Please, I try, I, 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 I say it all the time. I'm not Democrat, I'm not Republican, I'm in the middle. I want to know who has my interests at heart. Titles have destroyed this country from the church house to the White House to the community and everywhere else. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Thank you for that. Because I that's a whole nother conversation. Exactly. That's another book. I'm like (laughs) (laughs) so that's let's bring it back to the book. (laughs) Because that with the books, it's the same thing. The look, my race, my culture, although I love it, I love it deeply. It is not a full out me. Grandma Polly, you would look at her and say, Oh, she raising them because her kid probably ran off or did it. No. Uh-uh. This is the situation. It's so, there's so many things. I want everybody to read the book. I, I want, do you, have you ever thought about, I don't know if you do, do you do workshops? I, now that I'm in Atlanta, I am, these are some things that's on my list to get started. You know, I'm reestablishing all over here again. Mm-hmm. So um, from August 3rd through the 6th, I will be in, I always want to say Fayetteville, but it's not. It's Winston-Salem. Okay. Oh, yeah. And Winston-Salem at the National Black Theater Festival. Yay. After that, I'm going to start putting together some of the events and different stuff that um, I want to do with this. And that actually is on my list. Um I was just in the Atlanta um, Summer Festival last weekend. I think you saw those pictures. Mm-hmm. And after this, I have a young lady that I've known now for about five years. And she has done some things in several industries. And she has agreed to join me in managing me and getting some of these events and stuff set up because that's what she does. Uh, so we have some great things coming we just can't say what it is yet (laughs) and now one thing because you're on hiatus right now your Facebook live can you talk about that say again your Facebook live can you talk about that so people know conversations with grandma Polly yes yes what do you want to know that comes back mid-August that comes back. I was about to say, when does it come back? <laughs> and how can the people find conversations with Grandma Polly? Um, they'll be able to find it on my conversation with Grandma Polly page on um, Facebook. Also on the Big Green Kid page on Facebook. And we will be going live every Thursday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. The conversations we have there 
the majority of the time I seek out children, but when the children are not available, then, you know, we bring the adults in and we talk about things that's going on in the families. Um, with the children, we bring the children in because we want to highlight our babies who are doing excellent things in their community. Because if we sit down and wait on the news media to do it, we're not going to get that. So, you know, we got to highlight our babies ourselves. Exactly. And I I love watching it because um, I always learn something. That's the thing. I always laugh. I always write something that I learn. I learn through that type of communication. Um, and I'm trying to think of what else. Because there was that. You do so much. Um, ooh. I want it because I did it last time. I said, I promise on this one, I will not forget because I love <laughs> talking about your husband, you and your husband. Okay. You know, I'm in it about him. And why that's important to me is because I want people to hear about love, marriage, relationships, working together. Um, so I know you had said that your husband was in the military and then you guys actually rode the big rigs together. Yeah. Um, oh Lord, you just threw so much out there. I'm sorry. Just <laughs> <laughs> the process this whole thing. I my husband and I, my husband graduated high school the year before me. Six months after I graduated high school, we got married. Mm -hmm. I was 19. Mm-hmm. We've had three children since then. This year will be 39 years since we've been married. Yay. A marriage to me is just like life. You have your ups, your downs, your likes, your dislikes, everything else. But you have to be in it for the long haul. Both of you decide what it is that you're going to tolerate and what you're not going to tolerate. Me being a, a, a female... I know I wasn't going to deal with abuse. I'm not going to deal with money being thrown away in the street. And I'm not going to deal with you out there running around in the streets. Anything else we can get through. His opinion is the same thing. So, but what makes the whole thing work is when you have two people. Like, my husband sees my vision. But he doesn't see the whole vision until things start falling into place. Mm -hmm. That says a lot about him. He's willing to support even when he doesn't see the full picture. Boom. And it's weird because you don't, and I, I won't harp on the whole fact that it didn't record the last time, but I was like, that meant so to hear that conversation because I, I think he and I have probably spoken maybe. Like, hey, hey, that's it. But to see I'm the talker. Him, <laughs> right. To see him in action supporting your vision was so good to me. It was so it was so good to me. I I think about all these reality shows where it's a whole lot of blah blah blah. You do, 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 do. there was silence. Y'all weren't even communicating with each other, but to witness him supporting you silently doing his thing he was pointing out the um the pack we got number one over here number 17 is over there and he was making sure that what you wanted the vision for and this was and when you were um making the meal yes the vision that you wanted he was like the hands and feet 
Yes. And, and why is that important? For me? No, what no, I'm oh. saying and what you're saying was happening mm -hmm. with him being the support. It was you can't you can't be a house divided will not stand. Exactly. And at the same time, in your eyesight, and a whole lot of other and my you know the way we look at things, put it like this. Mm -hmm. That's what we saw. But at the end of the day, when you got two people working together towards the same goal, everybody benefits from it. Exactly. You build together. And I believe you you build even after you have kids, even after the kids are grown. It's a, a constant you don't start until the kids are grown. <laughs> I love that. Say that again. <laughs> you don't start until the kids are grown. Because in actuality, and him and I, we talk about that sometimes. You know, getting married as young as we did, we started, I was pregnant when I got married. So we went into a marriage with children. And if anybody has their children's best interests at heart, they know the parents get, the husband and the wife get put on the back burner. Yeah. Because now everything is going towards children, family. Mm hmm but once they get grown, girl, you get your life back. And it's like, okay, <laughs> we got a life now. Come on, let's go do this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so, yeah, that was the part. That was the one thing I was like, that was so important for me to hear. Because I think, I, just, I think it's beautiful. So I do want to, I want you to say your, where they can buy the books at www.thebigrigkids.org Yay! Um, you will be blessed by getting these books. Your kids will be blessed. It'll start a conversation um, with your with the kids you're talking to. It'll, when they read that book, I, I guarantee you there will be conversation around the book. And it might give you an idea of how the, how your kids see the world right now. Yes, and if you have a child who is struggling with reading, yeah, that's, mm -hmm. it's perfect because it's not a difficult book to read, but they I have workbooks also, and with these workbooks, ooh, excuse me, workbooks the way they're written, you have sections where there are questions that need to be answered. You have, even for your smaller children, there are coloring pages. Um, your older kids, once they get to those pages where there are the coloring pages, there's actually a page right next to it where you could require them to write a paragraph or more describing the um, chapter that they just read. And each chapter is written like this. So it brings in conversation. And some of it has a little group work in there where you can, you know, work with your children or kids in your church or in your community in groups 
to, you know, complete it. And it's just getting the children and the family involved. And I was sitting there, when you said family, um, I was thinking, make it a family thing where you actually share what you uh-huh. or you share with each other. That could be your, your topic of the day. Um, the more we start communicating with our kids in a positive way and they understand that we as adults are also there for them, not just to parent them, but to also I always tell my daughter, my job is to make you a good human being. That's my job. That's my it. Job. That is so to to have the opportunity to do that. I think a lot of times we expect our kids to know things because according to our memories, we knew everything when we were their age. But the reality is we had to learn just like that. So this will give you a window to speak with them and a window for them to speak back in a safe and wonderful way. For the kids being raised by their grandparents to know that they're not the only one. Yes. So yeah, for kids with sickle cell, oh wow, this relates to me. Yes, remember the second one deals with bullying and homelessness. Right. I, we didn't even touch on homelessness. But I yeah. know um, the third one um, post-traumatic stress disorder. It doesn't just affect the person who is dealing with that. It affects the whole family. Exactly. I almost think in my mind, I just saw it like when the veterans, like they come out and they come home to have that book to give to their kids. Be like, hey, yes. read it before it even happens. Yes. So that then you know, and it's not as an excuse, it's as a form of understanding I know we're going through changes right now. Yes. Um, but we're family and I love you. And this is this is actually a normal process. So let's uh, what's uh oh gosh, what is it? Trust the process. Yes, and not only that, you know, it encourages the whole family to seek counseling because we in the black community just don't believe that anything could go wrong with the brain. We're not going to lay on somebody's couch. And And tell them what a horrible person I am or how I'm feeling right now. And that's the whole, we're going to have to talk again, clearly. That's the the third book, Daddy's Home. And of course, you know, the last one, how racism is a learned behavior, but it can be changed. It's, there's so much. You are a wealth of knowledge. (laughs) I, you are, I just, I love, I am honored how God blesses me. He blesses me beyond me being me. I think Yolanda Adams has that one of her lines in her song. She says, even when I intended to do wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I am. I am honored to know you. I love that I had the opportunity um, to do this. I appreciate your time. And I do hope that everyone goes, checks out the website, take some time on Thursday at seven on Facebook live to just to witness what I get the person that I know that I'm honored to know. Is there anything in closing you wanted to say? Yes. And that just, it just came to my mind. Um, someone asked me, are these books re- religious, um, religiously based? <laughs> and my answer is no. Um, this whole thing that's going on, God gave it to me. He's just using me as a vessel, but he's using me to present this stuff in a way through morals. 
because we live in a country that you can find a church on every block in this United States. Mm -hmm. But the one thing we are lacking today is morals. It's morals build character. Uh, yes. I'm going to say amen. They could ask me if my show is Christian-based. Amen. Go ahead. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that is, I'm so glad that dropped on you because when you said no, my brain said yes, because it's based on value. It's based on character. Mm -hmm. So if they're asking it, are you going to see where I reference the scripture? No, but you can reference community. You can reference love. Mm -hmm. You can reference so many biblical things because the Bible's community. The Bible is love. It teaches you how to live. Mm -hmm. in so I'm glad they ain't asked me. <laughs> and you're saying the Bible, but so many people use the word Christianity. Ah, okay. Okay. Christianity is love. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have those things, then you're lying. That's why I said we're missing the morals. You know, just look at what's going on in the country. All these people are saying they're Christians, but they're evildoers. Right. And they, well, yeah, that's a whole lot. I'm like, and because they lack morals and love. Yes. Morals is going to create love. Right. It is so. I discovered that because my morals is not going to let me mistreat someone. My moral is not going to let me walk past somebody and see that they're in need. And my heart not be moved. There you go. So see, those morals is what's going to create the love. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I yeah, it's so funny. I I really I thought you were going to say um, yes because I was like, yeah, it is. So, and it's not just. I think let's talk all religions just for a second. The religions that the major religions all base their standing on brotherly love community right. values that's what it's, it's based on you can go you can look up islam you can look up judaism it yes. is community and love so yes. is it based is it a christian book no it's it's a it's a moral book like you said uh -huh. <laughs> like you said because i'm like yeah that's it that's it because i just yeah i think i i hope the semantics of that wouldn't throw anybody off but if it does you know, I'm cool with it. <laughs> so. I know, because when we talk about morals, it's just making the choice of whether we're going to do what we know is right or we're going to ignore it and do it wrong and do it anyway. What's wrong? Yep. One or the other. So Yeah, you know. Well, there you go. Clearly, as you guys can see, we're going to have to talk again. <laughs> <laughs> ton of wisdom um and i i just love hearing it i i my podcast as i've told i've said before is to break generational curses of following your dream she has been outside of the box and promotes others to be outside of the box it's for the one person out there who needs to hear it and i know her words bless me so i know i'm one and i'm sure there's others and to fellowship and laugh is my final <laughs> mission of this podcast so i thank you for all of those things um, I'm going to go ahead and count us out. 
I thank you for your time. I honor your time. I pray blessings upon blessings upon blessings on everything that you touch. Cause I know you're making, you're creating legacy. Um, with that being said, I will count out. I am Sinitra and you're listening to my podcast. How y'all doing? <laughs>